you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast and wherever you are in the world from Dhaka, Damascus, Dhaka, Dili, Djibouti, Dodoma, Doha, Dublin and Dushanbe and all places in between, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. I've got a website, thelonelydiplomat.com, which caters to diplomats and those living the diplomatic life by helping them to reconnect with themselves and the world around them. Now, that might just seem like, you know, too much in the third person, too much, you know, over there. So, let me rephrase my purpose. Um, My purpose at thelonelydiplomat.com is to help you as a diplomat or as someone who lives the the diplomatic life, um, be you an accompanying significant other, be you the child of a diplomat, I'm here to help you reconnect with your life as you lead your diplomatic life wherever you are in the world. This diplomatic life demands so much of those who live it. While it demands so much, it still gives so much. Um, and and give so many rewards and, and and personal satisfaction, you know, and and being part of something far larger uh, and far more enduring than ourselves. But it's still life, and indeed, it is a tough life. My whole purpose is to essentially talk about the things that cause us um, to really struggle from time to time. Uh, as we lead our dip- diplomatic life, as we lead our lives, um, and uh, to create a space where we do engage not only with the highs but with the lows of this diplomatic life. So I want to do this through my book, and if you haven't read my book, go and check it out on Amazon, um, and it's uh, The Lonely Diplomat, Reconnecting with Yourself and the World Around You, which is available in ebook form and in paperback. And also on my blog, which is on the lonelydiplomat.com, this podcast, and uh, also through my speaking and mentoring services. My mentoring services are available to you if you just want a single chat with me. You can organize one of those through my website. But also, if you uh, want to have me in your corner, my unique insight, my the benefit of my research, my lived experience... Um, and supporting others who live the diplomatic life from uh, all over the world, become a member. Uh, And uh, if you become a minister-level member, you can get me in your corner through a one-on-one mentoring chat every three months. And if you become a minister, uh, sorry, an ambassador-level member, Uh, You can get me in your corner uh, through a one-on-one call every month. Um, So all the details are on thelonelydiplomat.com. So welcome. If you uh, are a return listener, if you're a first-time listener, if you are listening on uh, through a podcast service, if you are watching on YouTube, welcome one and all to episode 37 of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. Um, And we're going to have uh, another kind and honest conversation um, about our mental and emotional well-being as we lead the diplomatic life. But before I jump into that again, I I wanted to say that this is the second last uh, episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. 
while tempting for dramatic purposes, just to leave it at that and say this is the second last episode ever. No, it's not. <laughs> Relax, everyone. It's not the second last episode. It's the second last episode in this series. What I've decided to do is uh, create 10 episode series um, so I can uh, generate uh, content, have these chats with you um, over video in your ears as you are living your life uh, and then go and write and research some more and work with other people uh, some more and then come back um, in a few months uh, with some more content uh, to, to share with you. So while this is the second last episode, I'm always, always, always really happy to hear from you um, wherever you are in, in the world. And it's really curious. The feedback that I get from you is really, really interesting. I love it. Love it. Um, because, well, as my awesome diplomatic audience, you're pretty quiet. You're pretty quiet. But when you do reach out, it just, it's, it's lovely. It's lovely to connect and feel that sense of connection with you and to know that my words, whether written or spoken, actually help you as you lead your diplomatic life. So keep them coming. Keep them coming while um, you, if you're listening to this during a, a hiatus, um, keep the comments, keep the questions coming in to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. So that's by email. Or just send me, if you want to be modern, um, send something, uh, send me a message on Facebook Messenger. Send me, uh, get in, slide into my DMs, I think is the expression, uh, on Instagram or however you want to communicate with me. You'll, you, you can find me, I'm everywhere. So... With all of that said, and giving you, uh, setting those expectations that this is the second last in this series um, of episodes, we're going to have a chat today um, about mental and emotional well-being, um, which is a frequent um, topic, either overtly or, or subtext, um, to my work. And this comes after, uh, this episode comes after some engagement that I had with, um, with one of you, my awesome audience, where you shared with me that you're really struggling to cope um, and struggling to cope with work demands and life demands and specifically during 2020. Um, and it's almost... You know, 2020 just sort of goes for shorthand for, for, frankly, the absolute cluster that that year was. And, and I think, you know, struggling to cope with the work demands and life demands of 2020 is perhaps a stunning uh, example of understatement, diplomatic understatement, um, because so many people, so many people around the world really didn't cope um, with with the demands, life demands of 2020. Add on top of that the, the, um, the demands of diplomatic life on, uh, on us at work, uh, in our private lives. And I'm, I'm in awe of, frankly, our ability to function. <laughs> our ability to continue to put one foot in front of the other, to put, to remember to put socks on before we put shoes on, to put our t-shirts on the right way, to you know remember to brush our teeth or something like that, because <laughs> many many people um, 
would not have uh, lasted this long. And that's not something to, to, to necessarily boast about because our drive, our commitment to our work, our commitment to our fellow citizens, our commitment to each other, the commitment that we have to something, to an ID that's, that's far larger than us and uh, that we're connected to, that we can feel that we contribute directly to, is so powerful, is so powerful. And I've written many times and spoken many times on resilience. And indeed, resilience is one of the five key um, uh, themes of my work here at, at, at The Lonely Diplomat. And specifically, resilience is all about the uh, ability to flex uh, under periods of stress and return to form. But the 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 year that the the, the cluster that that was twenty twenty um, has meant, and I'm recording this in January twenty twenty one. So it's not yet clear how twenty twenty one is 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 turning out. So I'm reserving judgment on twenty twenty one so far. But twenty twenty, like it just kept on coming. It just kept on coming, didn't it? And we we found ourselves having to continue to roll with these punches, and the punches just kept on coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And what we didn't have time for was to return to form and if we did have time to return to form it was for the felt like the barest of moments um and you know when when the demands on our services the demands on our time the demands to to help each other to help our fellow citizens actually just just kept on coming um that it's little wonder, it's little wonder that the person who reached out to me and, and shared that they were struggling to cope um, mentally and emotionally with their work demands and their life demands, it's, it really is not surprising. But we diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life are a curious lot, aren't we? We're a curious lot. We, I find it at once inspiring and at once absolutely terrifying our um, ability to endure. And I, I deliberately didn't say our ability, uh, our ability to be resilient because you've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. In many instances, in many workplaces, the concept of resilience has been hijacked. The concept of resilience has been absolutely corrupted. So it's, it's faux resilience. So F-O-U-X, in case my Australian accent is not clear there. It's faux resilience. And resilience has been, feels like, at times, weaponized. Where if you do say, you know what, I need some help. Can you can we please talk about or, you know, whether it's in a in in you know a constructive way on reflection or a, a, a not, you know, in a in a way that, that you know might start an argument or cause people to feel uh, upset or, or 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 whatever. However we raise it and however it's interpreted, we we fear we live in absolute fear of someone coming back to us in response and saying, well, if you're not resilient enough, we can get someone else to do that job for you. And that's like the mark of shame. It's like, oh no, you're not resilient enough. That 
that belief and, and the stories that we can build up and around that uh, within ourselves that influence our words, thoughts and actions can be incredibly dangerous because we can then want to deny, not want to, we feel that we do need to deny our own humanity to hijack, to somehow um, uh, interrupt or intercept what is a normal human response to, 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 to stress by, you know, just sailing through it, just plowing on through, keep on keeping on, faking it till we make it, etc., etc. When we do that, when we deny our own humanity by not actually even acknowledging it, we can end up doing ourselves real harm. And it's not until we break, and we do break. We do break. As awesome as you are, listener, as awesome as I am, I break. You break. It's just a matter of time. So, what we are left with is being able to uh, pace ourselves, to self-regulate, knowing that the demands of the work will always be there. We have a choice in how we as an individual respond. So, that's what I wanted to talk about today in, regard, like in, in response to the, the comment that I'm really struggling to cope um, because it, with, with the, the, the mental and, and, sorry, not the mental, the work demands and the demands of life. It's like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And I'm so proud. I'm immensely proud of sharing that, uh, that the, the, the listener, um, that the audience member actually acknowledged that publicly because that was a big step. That was a big step. And we got... We got discussing some more and, and they shared with me that their employer sends out emails every so often going, you know, essentially like, you know, your mental health is important. Take care of yourself, you know, make sure you do, you know, something each day that, you know, good for your mental health. Great. Absolutely great. And that, um, that you know, for someone who, you know, this is specifically the, the, the listener, for someone who is experiencing, like, um, they suspect, you know, is, is feeling depressed. And they, they suspect that they're, they're, they're feeling anxiety, they're, they're anxious. So they're definite mental health um, challenges, mental health issues um, that they're... That they're they're noticing the symptoms, the onset of those symptoms. And so they're getting these emails from headquarters saying, you know, make sure that you take care of your mental health. Here are numbers for counsellors and, and service providers, um, contracted service providers. You know, speak to someone, you know, um, it's, it's okay to speak up and, you know, things like, are you okay day and, and all that kind of stuff. Bravo. Bravo, that's a great thing to do. That's a great message to send out. And indeed, this is something that I have talked about um, in many, many, many um, episodes of the Lonely Diplomat podcast and in the blog, that all of those words, all of those sentiments um, and, you know, the, 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 the spirit of, and the intention behind it pretty much comes to naught if the operating culture, if the story that we are telling ourselves within ourselves 
within ourselves individually and within ourselves collectively, if the story that we tell ourselves is that um, that by speaking up we're weak, that we will be punished, that we will not be, that we've we've killed our career, we've killed our ability to actually, you know, be a a, a, a contributing member of um, our agency um, of our um, relationship with another country that you know by by speaking up by somehow acknowledging that we are human and subject to the human condition and and asking for help and seeking that help and accepting that help that we have somehow done our dash that we are no longer worthy we've proven weak uh, if the perception leading from those stories that we tell ourselves individually and the stories that we tell ourselves collectively, if the perception is that that is the case, that, we, that, that, that somehow we will step off uh, our career and never get back, then all the emails, all the statements in the world uh, issued by HR areas of our employing agencies, issued by anyone, um, in, in wider society, in the media, will come to absolutely nothing because perception is reality. And the challenge then is both to acknowledge the perception, to challenge the perception that it is not reality. And that's where I want to go for the rest of this episode. Because in the conversation that I had, with the uh, with the audience member who shared that they were struggling to cope with the demands of life and the demands of work through 2020, I asked if they had sought help, and this this goes back a couple of episodes. I think it was episode 35 um, of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, where you know talking about being a burden, and that was that was someone else. That was another audience member who shared that. But there are so many similarities between that episode and this episode in terms of the willingness to engage with help. Um, because the person said that they, you know, didn't think that they, you know, that their troubles, that, their, that the issues, the thoughts and feelings that they were experiencing were like justified asking for help. And that, that really troubles me. And, and I did spend, you know, an episode a few episodes ago saying how much that troubled me. So I, I will leave it at saying that that really troubles me. And if you want to know how much it troubles me, go and go back to episodes to episode 35 and have a listen of that. The, the issue of mental health is something that I, um, that I covered in, a, in content last year. And there was a guest blog post written anonymously on uh, anxiety and being a diplomat. And I followed that up with an episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, which is episode 18 on mental health and diplomacy. And the critical thing, the critical um, message that I wanted to get through in uh, as a result of that blog and as a result and through that podcast was this that conversations in our workplaces, conversations within our friendship groups, conversations within ourselves on mental health, on how our work affects our mental health, need to move beyond platitudes. 
we need to move the conversations beyond uh, conversations around mental health beyond the second and third person to conversations about beyond the second and third person to conversations that put the issue into the first person. So specifically, and to be clear, conversations about mental health need to move beyond, you need to do this. You need to make sure that you do this. And when we're talking specifically about a mental health issue, it's like he or she needs to do this. They need to do that. Those conversations need to come at some point to the first person saying something like, I understand, I'm experiencing this too. And that subtle linguistic change is phenomenally powerful because humans connect to stories. We connect to the um, experience shared by other people because we recognize and admire the courage that it takes to be vulnerable and in sharing our lived experience. When it comes to mental health, there's such stigma around suffering mental health that we rarely say anything in the first person. We rarely say um, anything that says, you know, I'm suffering, I get anxious, I'm depressed. Hell, even I get lonely. We get, we get very, um, uh, 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 there is such stigma in, in admitting that we're lonely. And all of this is part of the human condition. But when we don't talk about it, when we don't own the issue in the same way that, you know, we, 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 we own um, you know, our, our physical well-being. Um, and it's okay to say, I'm not coming into work today because I have a cold. I've, I've you know, or, you know, heaven forbid, something much more serious um, than, than the common cold. Normalizing the conversation happens when it goes, uh, around mental health, happens when we go from the second and third person into the first person. It's scary because vulnerability is always scary. And vulnerability within ourselves, as my intellectual crush, Dr. Brene Brown says, always feels like a weakness within ourselves. But when we see it in someone else, we admire it as a strength. And let me, I, like I promise you, I promise you, listener, I promise you, viewer, that there is such connective power in that vulnerability it's incalculably powerful. And think back in a time in your own career when someone seeing you to you, whether you report directly to them or not, has shared something vul like courageously and with vulnerability. It's inspiring. It's inspiring and it creates that space. It creates a space, much like what I'm doing here at The Lonely Diplomat to engage with topics that are 
hard, that are difficult, that we feel so awful about and, and don't know really how to engage with them uh, in any other way beyond, you know, a, a shame response or out of gossip or, 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 you know, speaking in hushed tones. That needs to happen in uh, mental health. So something that I'm asking you to, uh, to the person, to the, to the listener, uh, to the audience member who, um, who sent that email in, and, and I did follow this up with an email back to you, was, you know, could you share, could you share your story, your, your, your feelings openly with the people around you? Could you share that you're feeling tired, overwhelmed, anxious, you're, you're, you struggle to get out of bed sometimes, that sometimes you just want to put the, like, keep the covers over your head and just pretend, like, make the world go away for a day or so, watch trash TV for, for a few days to, to recover. All of those are perfectly natural and, and frankly, you know, helpful responses at times. When we force ourselves to, to feel something that we're not, that's, that's when, frankly, and plainly bad stuff can begin to happen within ourselves. But could you, could you, to my audience member, share your story openly? And in a similar way, this is a question to those of you who work in HR departments um, in our organizing agencies and to those senior leaders in employing agencies. Could you share your story, your experience of 2020, your doubts, your, um, your fears, your, um, your humanness, your humanity? Could you share that with others? So they might be inspired and connect to you and with each other through your courage. Do you think you could do that? Because that is, I mean, you know this. If you're, a, if you're in HR and if you're a, a senior leader in our employing organizations, this is, you know, you don't need me to tell you how to lead. But there's so much on your plate. And you know that your agencies are, you know, unlike any other agency um, in terms of the, the organizational culture. They're not merely normal organizational cultures, but when they're ruled by, um, by competition, relentless competition and, and faux resilience and fear that people being human will be, will be punished, even if that's not the official line, if that's the perception, we, we know that perception is reality. So if, that's the, if, if you could do that, that's, that's my encouragement to you and opening that conversation more widely of you know, 2020 and the work demands and the life demands on 2020 with forced repatriations and evacuations and distant schooling, etc. Oh my God. You know, the, the whole cluster, you know. How powerful can it be to connect with the people around you, your peers, the only people who under, really understand what it's like through your experience, your experience. That's all I wanted to say for this episode. Again, if you want me in your corner, um, please 
uh, join as a member of The Lonely Diplomat. All the details are on thelonelydiplomat.com and I'd love to have a one-on-one conversation with you in a mentoring capacity. If you want to take experience or get a Get, um, get the benefit of my two diplomatic postings and two diplomatic postings as an accompanying spouse, someone who's worked through issues of, of their sexuality and, and being human uh, while diplomatic life and committed to putting the best of myself out into the world. The best of myself, I mean, putting myself out into the world to serve others. So if you want me to serve you, want me in your corner, I just please reach out and be an honor. If you've got a question for me, as always, please feel free to send me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. I'll uh, answer that question um, in, uh, in, in upcoming episodes. But if you've got any feedback for me, uh, anything that you feel that I could improve, please send me an email and let me know. Again, being a creature of social media, uh, liking, sharing, commenting, um, subscribing or following all helps let others who live the diplomatic life and diplomats know that they're not alone in living the highs and lows of this diplomatic life. And uh, if you got something from it, please feel free to, please not feel free, I'd love it if you could um, let others in your social circle know about this episode and other episodes if you particularly have found it um, uh, useful for you um, because word of mouth is by far the best um, best form of, of awareness. Anyway, it does sound like you're getting ready to leave. So until next time, please be awesomely and humanly you because the world really does need more you. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.